Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Interval's podcast on healthcare marketing and branding for the week of February 9th, 2009. And I am with Adam Meyer, Design Director. Hey, hello. And Jackie Ritaco, our account coordinator, has decided to join us today. Yes, you got to speak higher. You don't have a microphone. She's, she's, she's wading into the podcast. So she's going from observing to, to saying hi to someday she'll actually contribute to it. She's just chilling for now. And I am, uh, I'm James Earl Jones, owner of Interval today, who you're going to have to deal with my cold voice. It's more like uh, a Barry, I like Barry White-ish. Barry White, more like yeah. Barry White. Barry hey, White. baby. Let's talk about <laughs> healthcare marketing. Yeah. All right, Chris Bevelo here, and we're going to talk about some of the uh, news and, and items of the week. Uh, one of the things that uh, we want to dive into was uh, the Star Tribune has been doing a great job of reporting on the effects, uh, the, the changes in the marketplace for healthcare, and what those are doing for hospitals and consumers alike. And they had a story, uh, I believe it was last Sunday's paper. What is today? It was last Sunday, mm-hmm. Sunday the something, the first, uh, about how the economy and changes in healthcare are really hitting hospitals hard. And we've talked about that a little bit. Uh, but there was a great quote in there that we kind of wanted to build on, and which was the CEO of a local system here, I think it was Park Nicollet, uh, used a quote, I'll paraphrase here, but that demand for healthcare is more elastic than it's been before. Uh, and that's a significant change. So not to get too deep into economics, but... Uh, healthcare demand has traditionally not been elastic. It's been pretty consistent, uh, meaning if you got sick, you got care, and there, you know, there really wasn't much to to uh, increase that or or decrease that unless changes in general health increase or decrease. But now we're seeing where folks are, uh, just like there is in cars, you're going to spend less money if you have less money on a car. Uh, we're seeing that in healthcare, and so one of the questions we posed on our website was: Is this a is the economy making this uh, more acute, this effect, uh, or are we seeing something that's going to be with us for long-term in healthcare? Meaning once we, we get out of this economic uh, tumult, tumult, is that a word? Storm? Crap hole? <laughs> Whatever you want to call the economy now, once we recover, uh, are we going to see a permanent depression in utilization for patients? Because... Uh, you could almost look at this as a tipping point from consumerism of having people uh, being forced to make economic decisions with their health care and and being kind of retrained in how to think about it because of the economic problems. And once we come out of it. Well, that and I think health care has been going, health care has been taken out, has been going a weird direction for quite a while. Um, Even outside of the the fact that the, the economy is looking crappy right now. So, those two things combined. I mean, even before we, we went into the, this recession, it seemed like healthcare was was taking a turn, and as far as costs go, that something was something's going to have to happen to right. it soon to change it. So couple that with the fact that the economy sucks right now, right? And some now it's like something has to. It seems like something has to happen. Yep. Yep. So. What are the implications for healthcare marketers? I mean, if something has to happen, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that this is, it's, it's intensified, uh, and again, it could be a tipping point, but we're going to come out of this where folks who lost their jobs and lost their insurance or had to go on COBRA, which makes you pay for your own insurance mm-hmm. right out of your pocket, 
uh, the full amount, basically, so you're more sensitive to price, or you're part of a high deductible or consumer-driven plan, uh, these folks are going to be price conscious perhaps forevermore. So what does that entail for healthcare marketers going forward? Uh, you know, more than ever before, you're going to have to demonstrate the value of your offering, uh, not just in terms of, hey, we have, we have it and we do a great job of it, uh, or even comparing it to the other offerings in town, uh, but why should you spend your money on it? Uh, and of course, if it's a heart surgery, the answer to that's obvious, but so many elective procedures, uh, so many preventative uh, care offerings, uh, all of those things uh, may have to be reshaped. We think, mm -hmm. but we don't know. So we're getting some good feedback on that. Uh, we, we also were talking about uh, in our last e-newsletter how healthcare marketers along this point kind of need to uh, change the perspective moving forward. We've been talking about that for, for years, really. Uh, to Adam, to your point earlier, you know, just the economy is intensifying this effect, uh, perhaps a tipping point, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of ways healthcare marketing needs to become more sophisticated. And often it's not the marketers themselves, it's the leadership that doesn't quite get it. But we had a couple interesting posts on our website in response to that. One was from someone we know who's outside of healthcare who said, you know, hey, what you're talking about as far as becoming more sophisticated, using CRM, understanding and valuing branding, not relying on the traditional uh, kind of methods of marketing, uh, those could apply to all industries. And so we wanted to do kind of a reality check, you know, our, because we are in healthcare, we're focused mm -hmm. only in healthcare, everybody in their own industry thinks they're special. So are we inflating the overall suckiness of healthcare marketing and branding because we're in it. Well, we, feel, we feel it. the pain. Right, right. Well, we're in it. We feel it. That's what we're most obviously what we're what we're tied to. Um, I don't think that we've ever set it up. We've never really compared it necessarily to other industries to say, hey, look, we're doing so much worse than these other industries. We're really just looking at it, kind of looking at it in more of a vacuum right now, which in and of itself probably has you know, potential dangers here and there to not really make some of those connections. But, you know, I think for the most part, we, you know, we're looking at that because that's what we focus on. But I don't think we've ever looked at other industries and said, hey, look how much better they're doing. Right. I think there's, there's a, we have a general perspective on that. And, and we posted a response to Tom Tyner is the gentleman who, who suggested that of an example of, uh, we know somebody who runs a healthcare focused CRM company. And in his estimation, maybe 10% of the hospitals across the country use some type of CRM system. Uh, if you compared that percentage to banking or retail or, uh, you know, pick another industry, odds are that's going to be near the bottom, if not right. the bottom, of, of utilization of CRM. So there are other examples of that. Uh, so I think if you dug in, you could kind of prove it if you needed to. But it's worth it's worth just thinking twice about making sure we're not uh, we're not making extreme extreme thoughts and opinions out there just because we happen to be s wallowing in it. Right, right. But it's it's you know there are a few other there are a few other industries that really have this have the kind of impact on society that healthcare does. I mean, there's this is a life or you know when rubber meets the road, this is a life or death industry. People either improve the quality of life or people die, you know, based on 
what goes on in this industry. You know, it's, it's not like that in the auto industry. It's not like that in the banking industry. Um, right. You know, people right. aren't, it's not, it's not, what's going on there isn't life or death. So um, there's definitely, a, a, you know, there's a big a difference between the healthcare industry and uh, some of the other ones we could be talking about. Yes, you're right. Definitely different mission there. Uh, the other, another comment that came out of that stream uh, about, about uh, healthcare marketing and its need to improve, uh, I don't have her full name, but someone commented on our website uh, who, who basically saying, welcome to my world. Um, and she makes a point that, that we kind of expanded on, which is, uh, you know, you, if, if you want these organizations to understand and value and use marketing and branding strategies the way we see in other industries, that really has to come from the top. Uh, and as we've said, it's, it's typically not the marketers who don't get this stuff. It's the leadership. Uh, and her, her comment was, it can't happen from below. The power base itself has to see the benefits before they'll change. The upcoming generation of providers and leaders is more likely to get it than the current residents of the corner offices. And we full-heartedly agree with that. And uh, we've often talked about kind of like a generational level of change. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about societal uh, issues like sexism or racism and how, you know, well, you know, 1860s, it was the law and you had the Civil War all the way through the generations of the 1960s with civil rights acts. Uh, it takes generations for some oh, of this stuff to, yeah. to go away. Uh, and it doesn't it's not gone, but it's clearly you look at. The younger generations, uh, even look at my kids and how they interact in a diverse way. It's so different, and hopefully, it will continue to be that way. So, apply that to healthcare and apply it to the current generation of leaders, whether they're administrators who came up from the administrative side or they're physician leaders, uh, many of whom went to school and started in this industry before competition was do or die before there was global pressure before there was consumerism uh they just they just don't they never needed healthcare marketing or branding to be the discipline that it needs to be today yeah and aside from that many have never been anywhere other than where they are at right right and you see we've we've documented some of case studies where the folks that do seem to get it come from other industries Mm -hmm. or have boards that have folks from other industries Mm -hmm. and go, where's your brand strategy? Right. You know, this is an obvious thing. And and we work with a great consulting firm, um, Brand Active, uh, whose primary mission is to help organizations implement a brand identity change. So if you change your logo, uh, they would implement it across the entire organization. It's not just healthcare. They've worked worked with some very, very large companies in in the in north america and you know their entree into healthcare is interesting because they kind of looked around and said well where are the brand strategies driving these changes i mean to them it was it was like how are you living without a heart you know how, what, there's no heart beating here how is this person walking around and you know when you're in healthcare, you kind of roll your eyes and chuckle and say again like marie says welcome to our world this isn't retail this isn't you know mm-hmm. product industry this isn't name any other industry where it's just obvious yeah no it takes special it takes a special person to be a healthcare marketer (laughs) i mean you've got to be 
you have you have to be patient and you have to be willing to be an educator right seriously half half your time is spent doing the work the other half of the time is spent teaching people in the organization what it is you do and why you bring value and how you can help them and what what the hell it is that's going that's going on you know it's it's it's, uh it's interesting i don't you i don't think you see that i'm sure there are other industries where that where you'll see that but you Healthcare has got to be the poster child for yes. that. And, it, and it'll never be, and we've talked about this before too, it'll never be a marketing-driven industry right. as others are uh, because the mission should always be first and foremost in healthcare, as you mm-hmm. spoke to before. So it will never be what drives a hospital, but it certainly can be something that's, that's sophisticated, that actually helps instead of hurts or wastes money, all those kind of things. I think Marie... Marie wraps up her comment in a great way. She's talking about how she's, she's trying to connect more with, with the newer generation, and she said that's reason enough for me to keep striving, learning, and building relationships in the organization, which would be our message too. Even though it's a Sisyphean task, and sometimes it's one step forward, two steps back, we're not advocating that you give up. We're not advocating that you just throw up your hands. You keep working at it. You pick the spots where you can have successes, and gradually over time, uh, you'll build success. We're not advocating that you wait for the next generation to to move because you'll be sitting around for 20, 30 years. Right, right, and I'm very impatient. I'm very, very impatient. I couldn't wait. You're very long. impatient? Oh, I am. Your bro- Adam's brother, Andy, accused me of being impatient on Twitter because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we, we, we talk a lot about Twitter, and I posted a comment of, I'll give you the exact, I thought it was pretty clever, but he, he stuck it right back in my eye here. Let me tell you what the exact comment was. A lot of the, a lot of the commentary and the dialogue that you get in Twitter seems to be, we talked about this last time, a lot of social media folks, uh, but it's also a lot of, it's like looking in the mirror. So my question was, if two consultants tweet in a forest and there are no clients there, does it make a sound? <laughs> Because there is somewhat of an echo chamber effect in Twitter right now where most of the people that are embracing it uh, are not on the client side. Right. And your brother, Andy, who is on the client side, uh, you know, was very zen-like in his response, which was something to the effect of, be patient, we're getting there, uh, there are people who are listening. Uh, so that was encouraging to hear. Now, your brother is a little ahead of the curve, too, I would say. Uh, but that is good to know that there are people trying to make this happen. Uh, do, you, do you sense that echo chamber effect when you're in, in Twitter or other you know, social it, media? It, it depends. I think, I think there is that effect is there in this industry for sure. The other industries that I follow are really technology related mm-hmm. and it's really full. It's, it's a young it's, it's a lot of young, young, it's a younger generation. I mean, the people, you know, my age, 30 ish and younger and a little bit older and there you've got it's more i don't know some of the people i follow who are uh young people who started uh successful site like dig.com kevin rose is one person i follow um he's got thousands of followers who are a lot of people who use that product you know they're they're not other people who do what he does they're people who are interested in hearing what he has to say right whether he's talking about tea or talking about the next web application that he's creating with his team um so i think it depends on the industry but obviously 
Twitter is very much like dig.com. Um, so, yeah, it, it just depends. Well, for healthcare marketers, is the obvious question of how do you apply something like Twitter as part of your marketing strategies, right? Right. Uh, which is still being explored, uh, but I think you know, I think you know, kudos to Andy and others that are, are jumping out there uh, because a, as a marketer, you should be exploring new avenues all the time. Mm-hmm. Whether they pan out or not is almost beside the point. Your job is to be creative. Your job is to look for new and better ways to reach your audiences. And Twitter may work or may not, uh, but just getting your feet wet and diving in there is, is a big part of it. Plus, uh, you know, the value that, that I get out of it is, like you just said, learning from other people. It's from talking to other people. It's from hearing ideas. It's from getting questions from healthcare marketers, consultants or not, across the country and, and thinking in different ways. So at the very least, you're exposed to that dialogue. And like you said, these are the up-and-comers, the, the younger generation. And so I think that's, that's a great place to hear new ideas. Yeah. Well, not only that, it's just kind of fun to stay connected throughout the day, throughout the week with your, with your peers. You know, it's just, it's, it's cool to, to get a glimpse into their thoughts once in a while, to be able to share yours with them. It's kind of a refreshing break in the day. Right. It can also be a major distraction throughout the day. Keep you <laughs> right. from getting stuff done. But it's really a cool, it's a cool tool. Yes. It's, it's a lot of fun to be able to use it. Um, it's just, I don't know. I, once you start using some of those, it's hard to imagine not having them around. Right. You know, I was talking to a friend about the other day about Facebook and I was, I looked at the number of my the number of my friends on there, and it was like 127 or something. And I'm thinking, and as I'm looking through the list, they are certainly all people who I have had connections with in right. one way or another throughout my life, and would probably consider them friends. You know, a good chunk of them are like the d bags who I did not like at all in high school. <laughs> That's <laughs> whatever. It's like, but now yeah. they're trying to try to make up for past right. sins and friend right. you on Facebook. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's just it's, but it is even even those people now that they've grown and matured a little bit. I don't loathe them quite as much as I may have one day. It's interesting to kind of interesting to see what's going on with them. You know, you know, I've obviously, well, maybe not obviously over my, (laughs) the scarring from my high school years. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But it's, it's, it's fun to see that. I mean, and it's, and there's no, that was not something that was ever possible before. Right. Just like what Twitter provides right now. That just wasn't there really was no way there was no channel for that type of communication before, at least not on that level. So it's just, a, it's a really, it's, it's neat to see this kind of right stuff come out and be available to people like you yes. and I. So we encourage folks to get on Twitter. If you're not there mm-hmm. to, even if all you're doing is following and you're, you're like Jackie who's uncomfortable tweeting, <laughs> trying to get her over that. Uh, if you, if you don't want to dive in that way, just follow and listen. And pretty soon you'll find yourself, in there uh, posting your own thoughts and ideas and that just expands mm-hmm. uh, the benefit for everybody so uh, even if you're unsure just go to what is it twitter.com Twitter. it's free sign up and, and see see what you think of it right right um, yeah I would say if you if there are people you're following now whether it's through a, a blog um, news sites uh, look for their Twitter feeds you know that's a great place to start for uh, once you sign up it's like okay now I've got an account but who do I follow right I think a lot of times it's great to find somebody who you do respect who you do have a, you value their thoughts and their opinions um, start by following them 
and look at the people they're following and right. what they're saying and then start you know it's kind of this chain reaction once you get into it pretty soon you have like one person you're following but once you dig into it and start seeing who they're following and who's following those people pretty soon you've got like a hundred people in your list and right right and it's and you know whether it's our blog or somebody else's blog dive in add your comments add your thoughts uh, it's a great way to expand your network you know it's social networking after all uh, and you know it's it'll be great to run into some of these people at a conference who I've never met we've never met uh, they're out of state uh, but you come to know them through your interactions whether it's Facebook or Twitter or through blog comments and posts uh, and that's a neat thing too so maybe we should Ended on that positive note. Sound good? Okay. Mm -hmm. So thanks for joining us. And uh, for Adam. (laughs) That's me. And Jackie. See, she's being silent. (laughs) I'm Kermit the Frog. We will talk to you next time on Intervals Podcast.